Hey everyone, welcome to uh, One Star Recruits, episode two. Uh, you have uh, your host, the Devil Mar, Jeremy Kardash, with you today. Unfortunately, we don't have Nighty with us. We tried to call him in on a podcast earlier, but the connection wasn't great. Uh, the interference was bad, so we're going to um, admit that part, and we're going to uh, just go with us two for this one. So uh, if you feel like there's a little bit of, like... Like, it doesn't flow so well from minute... It will flow. No. X, like, from minute, like, 20 or so to the beginning. Like, just because we recorded this at different times, so it's a little off. So, when we spoke to Nighty, we spoke about the Raptors, Clippers, and Celtics. So, that's the part that we cut out, so we're just going to get into that right now. Um, just so you know, because uh, we got some criticism last time about it was too long, and also that uh, we, weren't, is, we weren't, weren't structured enough. So, we're going to be a little more structured. So, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the Raptors, Clippers... Celtics, then move on to the Lakers, the Nets, and Knicks, and then talk about just uh, top, some of the top teams in the West, the Tier 2 teams in the West, and it's going to be more structured, unlike last time. So let's just jump in it. Let's uh, go to the Raptors, and as Jeremy, our token Raptor fan, let's uh, hear his thoughts on what just transpired. Well, um, to begin, thank you to Kawhi and everything that he did for the Toronto Raptors. We're very thankful. Um, this was always something that we knew was a possibility. It was something that, not only a possibility, like probably likelihood, like from an outside perspective looking in, like you're probably just like, yeah, this guy's just going to go to LA. Like he's going to go take his year with the Raptors, do what he can, and then go to LA. I have to give Kawhi like the utmost of credit because he played hurt in the playoffs. Like he did all this stuff for a team that ultimately he probably knew that he wasn't ended up coming back to. So like amazing playoff run, 2019 championship live flies forever we're like really happy about it and you can't blame a guy for wanting to go home um where's this league Raptors now that's the that's the question right now well, and i think yeah i, just, I, I, I think know. i think people are might be overreacting a bit like obviously they're not the same team that they were when they had Kawhi. um but are they are they a worse team than they were before Kawhi when they were led by derozan well sure i don't I know think... because now they have siak who's a much better player and i still think I still think than he was when DeRozan was there. And I still think that the Raptors won't be able to fight for that number one seed, but the East is not the same as it was last year. And they've lost and they've lost players like, uh, and they've lost the, the top top teams in the East won't be the same that they were last year because the because of the fact that the Celtics aren't as good. Philly is a very new team. We'll see how Horford um, meshes with them. And a lot of the up-and-coming teams are like that, up-and-coming young teams. So I think the Raptors, with their continuity, minus Kawhi, can still be a top-three team in the East. And they won't fight for that number one seed with the Bucks, but they can fight for that 3-4 seed with the maybe even two with the Celtics and uh, Sixers. You never know. So I really think that the Raptors are still a much better team than people think. And if you're not a top seed in the regular season, that doesn't necessarily mean the season's a waste. Of course that they won this year, and it's upsetting that they won't be like that next year, but not winning the East is not the end of the world, and I still think that they can be a top team in the East as presently constructed. I think uh, as a Raptors fan, you have to look at it like from a, com like it's a complete, not a blank slate, but it's just a completely different mindset. Like with the Kawhi mindset, it's like championship or bust, like we need to go for it, we need to go all in. And, like, we're in that mindset for a full year, and you're like, we need to go. Like, this is it. This is our time. This is the chance we have our superstar. But now we need to, like, take a step back. You look at what we have. We have Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, uh, the, like, utmost trust in the front office and Masai and those guys. Like, you just got to trust what they're doing. And then when you see signings like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson or whatever, like Terrence Davis, like yeah, Sammy Johnson. Hey, Terrence Davis coming from Denver. He's going to be a good, good player. Yeah, bucket getter. Uh, but 
or like you just you can't be like oh it's such a downgrade compared to Kawhi like no like no whatever like no like obviously like Kawhi's top maybe the best player in the league right now like he may have cemented himself as that so you can't compare even other superstars to Kawhi. Stanley Johnson won't. I mean, eighty six in the LVO game. Um, <laughs> but uh, but just uh, yeah. So you look at the team now, and it's not a mess. You have the basis of the start of a rebuild, which was like if we don't end up with Kawhi last year, and then we go into the season with Damar and Lowry, and we flame out like we a hundred like we're not second seed, so it all plans out different. But we a hundred percent lose to Philly in that series. Like we a hundred percent lose to the Bucks. We 100% lose to Golden State if we even have the chance to get there. More like, trouble with them in the Magic than they actually Yeah, have. like, exactly. Like, these these things, like, like we have the same chance of winning a championship this year than we would have last year if we had Lowry and DeMar. And I think that's the way you got to think about it. It's a good... The, the Leonard trade was, when you look at it, it's, yeah, we have this amazing player. But it also, ju- like, gives you an extra two years on the rebuild. You can start it earlier because... Uh, DeMar's contract doesn't hamper you two years down the road. And then we have all these contracts coming off the book in Lowry, Gasol, Serge, and then we're going to have to pay Siakam next season. But uh, we have all those contracts coming off the book. You can make, I mean, it's going to be tough for trying to make a splash in free agency. The only reason we had a shot at Leonard was because of uh, because we had him on our team. And even that was worth the trade to just have a, a meeting with Kawhi. Yeah, and like I think something else to look at is that what the, the Raptors' perception in NBA has always been the other team, that team in Canada. No one wants to play with them. I think what Kawhi did for the Raptors was more than just what he what he did with like coming to Toronto and winning. It was that he made it actually he really considered staying in Toronto, it seemed like. Well, it seemed like he was really happy in Toronto. And maybe that won't make it next year that a top player will come to Toronto, but Maybe a free agent, not a tier one free agent, but a tier one B free agent will consider Toronto as a viable option because that they see it's a place with a really good front office. It's a place with good coaching, good culture, a place you can win. And I think that's really important for free agents. And I think it's maybe not going to be as seen as such that other team in Canada as it has been in the past. I think well, Kawhi I, might change that because of how, how much it really seems he enjoyed his time here. I think another thing about that is like, being in Toronto and being a Raptors fan, going to Raptors games, like, why, like I know Toronto is a basketball city. Like, I know that. Like, we care about basketball. Whether and Stephen A. Smith thinks so or not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't give what Stephen A. says about Toronto caring about basketball. Like, we care about basketball. And if you think it's second fiddle to hockey, like, it, even if that's the case, Toronto, Torontonians, lo- Canadians love sports so much and love competing. And... They have this inferiority Toronto complex. Rock sellout. Yeah, like they have this inferiority complex with the states, and I think this didn't it didn't mask it because Kawhi ended up leaving us for the for the Clippers, and that feels like oh, like again, like he went it, but he went home, and you can't blame him for that. But Toronto cemented itself like on ESPN, on TNT, on ABC as a basketball city. People who are crazy about basketball, and if you're watching that on TV. Like, sure, you might want to stay in the States, or as Lou Will says, like, not change your channels and not get a different telephone provider. But, like... Yeah, Lou Will has to figure out other problems. Lou Will didn't Lou get, off, sour Lou Will didn't get offered a contract for the Raptors, and he's mad. But, uh, but, like, as I'm saying, like, it's a basketball city. We care about basketball. Kawhi made that prominent in the U.S. So, I think that's really important. And then, what now? We're looking at a rebuild. We're looking at Siakam as the centerpiece, and... Outwardly from that, you have some secondary pieces. None of these guys can be the best player on a championship team. Like, I know mm-hmm. that. Everyone knows. Like, Siakam, 
as good as he can get. Ultimate B player. Yeah, he's he him and him and Leonard had the second most points in the playoffs behind Jordan and Scotty. Like that is he's a B player and he'll thrive in that system and that offense. But uh, yeah, like, we need to build around and, him and go forward. And, and I think something the last point I want to say on the Raptors is that Kawhi did a lot for the Raptors besides winning. Like I said. He also changed the culture in Toronto. Before Kawhi came to Toronto, the Raptors were not the Raptors did not have the same culture, the same confidence that Kawhi really brought to them. So Kawhi may have left his basketball abilities and and brought those to the Clippers, but what he didn't leave and what he kept what's going to stay in Toronto is that culture, that culture of winning, that culture of like confidence. The Raptors are now are now a confident team. Whether they have Kawhi or not next year, they're the same they have that that the atmosphere and that like aura about the Raptors is different this year than it was about when they had DeRozan. And you cannot compare the team right now that they have presently constructed compared to that team that they had with DeRozan two years ago. I would take this team so oh, many times 100%. over because A, I think they're a better team. And B, I think they have an attitude that that DeRozan team didn't have. And, and a lot of DeRozan, but he did, yeah. And, and this team has Sagaba Kanate. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so now let's go on to uh, the Clippers. So... The team that Kawhi went to. So I'll I'll say just talk this. About it. Uh, I was awake at the trade drops at like one fifty five in the morning, classic Kawhi style, like just doing it, trying to be as quiet about it as possible. Uh, drops it, and I see Kawhi Leonard has agreed to sign with the Clippers, and I'm like, that sure, like yeah, it was always like a thing, but it was always a thing. Uh, it was always a That's thing. Dog, uh, yeah, Tuka, relax. Uh, it was always a thing that uh, she's having a nightmare. No, she is. <laughs> uh, it was always a thing that he was gonna leave. The Clippers were literally stalking him at games. They were just trying to like they want there any way to get him. So yeah, I guess that part of it's not unexpected. But the unexpected part was he's going there to play with Shake Lewis Alexander and and Lou Will and Montrez Harrell. Like that doesn't seem that doesn't seem plausible. Then two minutes later, uh, the tr- the drops Clippers get Paul George for what ended up being five first round picks, one of which is protected or it carries over to an unprotected yeah, pick. Over. So that could be five completely unprotected picks, as well as two pick swaps: uh, Shea Gildas Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, which is an insane haul for the OKC, and it really helps them get out of their cap jail trouble. <laughs> and the Clips get their two stars in Paul George and Kawhi, which is, I mean, it, you have to be excited about the potential of that roster. Yeah, and I think the the Clippers, what they did great in this trade, which when we talk about the Lakers, which I'll talk about why I'm not as high on Lakers, um, is that they kept continuity on that team. I think continuity, as I've mentioned so many times, is so important. And they didn't sell the farm for Paul George and to clear room for Kawhi. They kept... Montrezl Harrell. Well, I mean, they, they kept, sold the pick farm. Yeah, they sold the pick farm, but like, in terms of in terms of players that they had in previous years that are building that continuity yeah. on the team, they kept Lou Will, they kept Beverly, they kept Harrell, and I think now this team, you can make an argument, has probably the three. They can make three of the best five perimeter defenders in the NBA with Beverly, George, and Kawhi, and I think maybe they won't be unbelievable off the off the bat because of Kawhi's load management and because. Paul George is coming off that shoulder injury and coming off a couple surgeries. So I think maybe off the bat, they're not going to be the team everyone thinks they are. But I think come June, boy, they're going to be a team to be, to a force to be reckoned with. That That's going to be a tough team to beat. And they can they have the ultimate small ball lineup like with, with Harrell at the five. And 
I think that's like I think that's really going to be an effective uh, effective team come June. Really, really hard to beat for really anyone. I think they're the they're going to be the favorites and they're going to be the team to beat. Yeah. So on a couple of things you said there, which I think are one hundred percent true, but then they also have a little bit of a downside to them. I mean, downside, whatever. They're gonna they're gonna be competing. This team's gonna be competing for a championship. I think regard like if this roster goes into the playoffs, constructed as it is, but you mentioned that they're gonna have a really good small ball lineup. One hundred percent true. Like they can throw out. Pat Bev, uh, Lou Williams, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and then Montrezl Harrell. Like, that's yeah, crazy. Super small. Like, super small. Like, but I think they fall into a problem with how small their team really is, constructed as it currently is. Like, they got Ivica Zubak, like, who's, like, fine. Like, he's a serviceable center. Um, but I guess if, I mean, even, I mean, I guess this team wouldn't really have trouble with, like, the Lakers, because you can throw Paul George and Kawhi on those two guys, like, I suppose. But uh, if a team, like... I don't know, Portland comes up against this team and they have Zach Collins and... How about Denver? Even Denver, sure. But, like, I'm saying, like, a team with two big guys that are really going to yeah. go at you, like, this this team's going to have trouble up front. Um, so, yeah. And then my the second point is you mentioned how there's going to be load management and then Paul George coming off both his shoulders just got, like, surgery on. Plus he has, like, a metal rod, like, replacing his, like, fibula or some, something like that. So, like, as... As great as it is to get one of the best two-way players in the league, you are taking a risk that, like, if this doesn't work out, Paul George doesn't work out, like, you need both of them to win the championship. That's fact. Yeah. You need both of them. So, if, for whatever reason, Kawhi can't play, Paul George can't play, like, you're, first of all, going to give up a pretty good, like, an okay pick to, to the OKC Thunder. Sam but Sam Presti really got a haul for that. Yeah. He did so, a great job on that And if trade. you think about it, and there's a case where it works out absolutely perfectly for the Clippers, and every single year that they have Kawhi and Paul George, which is the next four, they're competing. And then the only years that really hurt you in this trade are 2025 and 2026, when these guys are gone. Yeah, and, and then at that point, they'll at be that rebuilding. Point, it doesn't really and, matter. And, 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 I mean, they may take a long while to rebuild because they don't have the draft picks, but it's, it's worth a, it if they can compete for the next four years. It was the necessary risk to take by trading these essentially seven picks. I mean, in the end, it'll probably six because they might not swap whatever but you're trading all those picks Shea Gildas Alexander who probably if you did a redraft he's like a top seven pick in the draft like yeah. really, really really impressive player from last year if you you're saying we're trading for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard it's not just for Paul yeah. George because Kawhi Leonard was probably signing elsewhere if you don't have I think 100% signing elsewhere if you don't have that second star with him yeah. which is why he linked like made it so long he lengthened out he went to KD KD said no I'm going to I'm going to Brooklyn with uh, Kyrie went to Jimmy Jimmy's like no I'm signing a training going to the heat so then he went okay who, who, who else is there Paul George you go to Presti force a trade get over here and I mean Sam Presti has you might be like oh like we're trading an MVP candidate from last year but they're they were in a position where it's like we can't really win with this roster. Why we should do it? probably unload, not pay the repeater tax. Like we're gonna. And they load, they load, they load cap room because they also got rid of Jeremy Grant today to the Nuggets. They load Fact. millions of dollars there. So I think even the Knights of load management. And just, just to wrap just, up, just another thing about OKC. Uh, they got Danilo Gallinari, which is a great trade piece because it's an expiring. Contract. Yeah, and P- Contero's gonna win. And just to wrap up the Clippers really quickly before we move on to the Celtics, um, even Knights of low ma- load management for Kawhi and Knights that Paul George aren't playing. They actually have solid depth at those small four positions with like Shamit, 
Mo Harkless. Um, Terrence Mann's a rookie from Florida State who can be a really, really good player too. And I, I think they have like better depth than people think. Lou Will that they, and, that, and, Lou and Pat Bev, obviously. That even though Knights are low management, they can still win games against good teams. So just uh, now let's move on to uh, the back to the East. Let's go to the Celtics. Um, what do you think about what the Celtics have done in the offseason? Um, it's a... I mean, they knew they were going to lose Kyrie since, like, I guess, like, February or so. Like, I was, like, mentally checked out. Um, so you knew you were going into the summer. You sort of needed to land. You needed to land someone. The Kemba rumor, it came out, like, I don't know, like, five days before free agency or whatever. Uh, not a rumor. It just happened. Uh, but Kemba, like, the, it makes sense. You get your immediate Kyrie de facto replacement. Yeah. A little more inefficient and not as good of a player as Kyrie. I'd but, say he's eighty percent of the player what Kyrie yeah. is. And he's a good he's with, a good player. With like zero percent of the mood deficiencies and, and that Kyrie. Let's just has. quickly talk about what Nighty mentioned, because I think Nighty mentioned a good point when he was on it, but it didn't work out. Um how Kemba never has played with a top player like guys like Tatum, guys like Jalen Brown, even players like Marcus Smart, like good one B players it's like the that. the best shooter you ever played with Jeremy Lamb. And, and honestly, <laughs> hey, um, and uh, and and like, I made a joke like the best player Ken Walker's played with is uh, Hashim Tabi at UConn, but like honestly, in his earlier years at UConn, but like I really don't think that Kemba's played with a really really good player, and um, I think playing on the, with a really good coach like Brad Stevens, maybe a really good coach, not sure, and a really good front office, and players that can make their own shots and not always rely on Kemba. Like Brown exactly. and Tatum, I think that's really going to be important for Kemba. I think he'd be a better player than people saw at Charlotte. Maybe closer to Kyrie than people think. I would say uh, about Kemba, like, I feel like I didn't watch that many Charlotte Hornets games. Why but, not? But <laughs> honestly, like, too many. Um, but uh, their offense was like, because they're always the game that comes on at 7. They're the first game of the night, yeah. Charlotte. So always like, oh, yeah, yeah i got to watch something. Uh, so they're, I'd watch the first quarter. Uh, and then a better game would come on. But Kemba, their offense would be like, all right, let's Kemba, let's try to get like some sort of play going. And then no one can make a shot for themselves. And then Kemba has has 10 seconds on the clock to go. So uh, um, he's, a, he's a really good player. And he's going to make their team like probably stay. Better than at, if they just lost Kyrie. Yeah, like. exactly. I think what we haven't mentioned is the loss of Horford, which is like a pretty big loss. He's pretty astronomical. Like, he's a, a very good, like, defensively sound player. He's good with the ball for a bit. Like, he's good at yeah. making decisions, which Ennis Cantor, Robert Williams, and Daniel Tice probably are. Ennis Cantor's defense might be a little worse than Horford's. Uh, yeah, but also, like, I think just, like, ball decisions. Like, like being able to, no, like... sarcastic, obviously. He's way worse. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm saying, like, how many times when you're watching the Celtics teams... Horford was the one initiating the offense yeah. from the top of the key, like the top of the free yeah, point. Like, he, he, he was, was up there, which I think and we're not going to talk about Philly, but that really helps Philly. Like it's getting a center outside yeah. to be able to make plays. But yeah, anyways, Simmons cutting. Yeah, like, more Simmons, Simmons can play the so, dunker and and be can play. The I, I, I think anyways. something that gives the Celtics the advantage this year is that the East got worse really because of Kawhi just by virtue of Kawhi leaving the Raptors. Yeah. There's a spot to open up in that top two of the East now. So I think even and the, bu- even, the Bucks got worse. And the Bucks got worse because they lost Brogdon. But I think even if um, even if the Celtics did get a little worse, they didn't get as the the, the Raptors got w- even more worse than the Celtics for did. Sure. So I think they can they can uh, leapfrog the Raptors there, and I think they can still fight for a top two seed in the East. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But um, by, I think defense is going to be an issue for them because of because uh, of their center position. And then he mentioned that he doesn't think the Celtics are done there. He still thinks that there's a center move to be made. 
and that Canner, Robert Williams, or Daniel Tice will start at center for them. Looking at this but, roster now, I sort of feel like they're going to struggle pretty significantly on the defensive end of the floor. Like, looking at it, Marcus yeah. Smart is probably their only, like, a defense like yeah, Grant Williams player. could be a really good defender sure, too. He plays but a he's lot. Also, I, I think Grant Williams will yeah. play a surprising amount for this team. But um as for Boston, the rest of the way, uh I think they can definitely be competing for three, two, three, four, five in the in the East, but I don't think the roster currently constructed has much of a chance to make it out of these. Okay, so now that we're on uh where we've talked about the Clippers, Raptors and Celtics, let's go a little bit on the the other team in LA, the Lakers. So uh, I think the Lakers have the ability to be are the highest risk, highest reward team in the league. They they have arguably two of the best five players in the league sure. with LeBron and AD, and then they have Cousins, who underratedly he put up sixteen eight last year in the regular season. Like he's still a very yeah, capable yeah, yeah. player. And but the thing is, they have those those other guys. So they have. But then you can look another way. Like LeBron's coming off his first real lever injury. AD is never really always that healthy, and when he is, he's been amazing. But can he stay that healthy, and can he be that second option? And then you have Cousins, who's coming off like an injury that he never, that in the playoffs really slowed him down. So 16-8 is great, but can he sustain that throughout the whole season? And he didn't seem like he could. Um, they also have guys like Rondo and stuff like that. So I'm gonna... a lot of personalities that can clash, and it could still be a classic Lakers dump, a dumpster fire, or it could be... A LeBron great, another great LeBron team. I will and say... It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, if we look at it through the lens of no injury NBA, um, so we're just looking at like healthy Lakers roster right now, obviously this team can put the ball into the basket. Like They have every single... like Most of the players are at, like they're either great playmakers or they're LeBron and they're AD or like Kuzma, the great shooter, like whatever. They can put the ball in the basket. I think where they're going to find like a lot of problem is defense like even if this team stays super healthy i think i would say the only plus defender on the team is anthony davis yeah. like uh rondo but rondo, rondo but like, might not even be and a rondo plus doesn't play like regular season basketball yeah. so like sure like it's a good it's a good it's a good team and on paper it looks really i mean i guess danny green is fine. Oh, danny like, green yeah danny but like also like too. i forgot about danny green on like, team. i don't know like <laughs> danny green could go into if toronto Green's... raptors playoff toronto danny green and Go over eight from three and That's be back. Exactly so we never and also, know. <laughs> if he's uh, your second best defender, I don't know like how great like this team is overall. But like they're gonna put the ball in the bucket. They're gonna have some great games. Like they're gonna be like high flying Lakers. They're gonna be really exciting to watch. I think defensively they'll run into a lot of problems, especially in the playoffs. They have their only perimeter defender would be Rondo and like, Danny Green. Yeah, but uh, it's just like like if you compare them to the Clippers, like where they have. Like three of the best perimeter defenders in the league, like that's where the league is trending. Like you and depth, to... the Clippers yeah. have depth. They have they have they, they, their I two mean, best players last year are arguably their fourth and fifth best player right. this year. That's that's pretty unheard of. They they somehow kept they somehow kept like okay Beverly was not one of the top two best players last year. I take that back. But in terms of overall impact, maybe. And they kept and they trade Gallinari, but they kept their, they kept their most of their depth. They kept Harold. They kept um, Lou Will. They kept Beverly. Whereas the Lakers at one point in the season. Like two weeks ago, or even a week ago, had three players. They had LeBron, AD, and Kuzma, and now they start to get other players. But an important thing to realize in the NBA is continuity is important, and continuity is really important. Which is why later when we talk about the Nuggets, I'm going to say why that I think they can be a top Can't wait. team still in the NBA. But continuity is really important. When the Clips 
kept some of that continuity. Um, the Raptors, like I said before, still have that continuity minus Kawhi. The Lakers really have no continuity, and I think they will still be a top team in the in the West come playoff time. But I think early in the season, you're going to see a lot of struggles, which are pretty classic with LeBron teams early in the season, as you saw in Miami beginning of LA last year. You're going to see some struggles with the with the Lakers earlier in the season, and uh, there's going to be cost of panic. And people will be calling for Plinkus head really early. I promise you that. I think uh, about your continuity point. There's there's two sides to that. There's the one side where, yeah, the the top top dogs in this team like they're not they don't have playing time together. But then the guys that were on the team last year like are these really guys that you really not needed to bring back? But because they had to wait for for Kawhi for so long to make his make his make his choice, you ended up with Javale McGee again, uh, like. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Alex Caruso. Caruso, like like these guys, Rondo, like these guys. The Lakers team was fine last year. He's not signed. He's yeah, not he's signed. He's not yet. signed. Uh, but yeah, like these guys are good. But like the team last year, like had some serious flaws with their shooting, and I guess like Caruso doesn't bring the shooting, and like does their shooting really get fixed? I guess Danny Green's. They really... got they got Quinn Cook, who they think will be a good shooter. And he might start. Got... He, Quinn Cook's gonna start some games because Rondo's not gonna. Start all eighty-two games. I promise you that. So. Yeah, and then Kuzma, he's actually he's a good shooter. He's a good yeah. perimeter shooter. And then so they Kuzma got Danny start. Green. Like if their goal is to start Cousins, it'll be Cousins, AD, LeBron, Green, and then Rondo. I think Cousins is better suited for the bench. I think honestly, Rondo and Cousins stay on the bench, and then Rondo kind of love each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they they have that. They just rebuilt the yeah. the 2017-18 Pelicans with LeBron on the squad. So, so I mean that team is good, <laughs> but uh, like. If you can have Drew Holiday, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They should just trade all these pieces for Drew but, Holiday. So, do you think right now, quick, quick opinion, Lakers or Clippers next year? What do you think? Who do you, who do you think would are, regular season? Team? No, just who's going to whose team would I rather be a fan of? I'd rather be a Clippers fan. No, but who thinks to be who's, who's going to go further next year? I think the Clippers will go further, but that's not yeah. a bold take. I think that's, no, no, that's, I don't think it's that's bold take at all. But it's I'm excited for this LA battle. It's been a the. It's uh, the first fun. time since well, Chris since, Paul, Blake Griffin. Yeah, but the Lakers were crap. Like the um, Lakers were bad at that point. They they were not competing for yeah. titles. So this is the first time since. Was, was it not like towards was, the end of like? The, yeah, I guess it was. Like, yeah, they, they, were, they were already past like Kobe, Achilles, like all that. Like they, this is the first time that both LA teams have been like top five teams in the NBA, which is really exciting, and which is why it's weird for me. Like I'm a huge NBA fan as a whole. But also, like, the Raptors just... The Raptors were the, end, the ones who ended up with the short side of the stick on this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to just, like, just enjoy the NBA for what it is. Which, it's going to be crazy because it's, like... There's, like, 10, 11 teams that have, like, a pretty good chance at going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick fact check. There was a little bit of overlap with the... With the... Um, with the Clippers with Paul and uh, Griffin DeAndre. Well, that deal the, was in 2011 with the, with because the, it was during the... Yeah, with the, with the... Yeah, when the Lakers were also still a top team. But it wasn't nearly... Not nearly like this. They were definitely not the one, two teams in the NBA. And you can make an argument that the Lakers Clippers are. But, so, I think that's enough uh, Laker talk for right now. Let's um, move on to the tri-state area teams in uh, the Knicks and the Nets. Um, quick take, what do you think about them? Go. Which one? Knicks? Nets. Okay, Nets. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a Boston hater. Sorry, 90. So, I've hated Kyrie Irving since he got over there. I don't... I, I think he'll, like... He's D'Angelo Russell, like, 110 cents on the dollar, like, or maybe 125 cents on the dollar. Like, he's he's better than D'Angelo Russell. He's more efficient. He, Kyrie shoots 47% of the field. He's more efficient. Sure. And he's a, and he's probably a smarter player. And um, A smarter they, player, they, but that, like, 
it's so overblown, I think, but talking about the chemistry and all that. I mean, Kyrie, the, the, the thing you need to worry about if you're a Nets fan is let's get through this season, no drama, like no nothing. We want to be somewhere in the playoffs, somewhere have a chance to get some of these guys that haven't been like high leverage playoff spots, give them a chance to like play some real playoff minutes against a good team like Milwaukee, 76ers, whatever, Indiana, whatever, whoever it may be, get them good reps. And then you want to just, you're retooling for the next mm -hmm. season. Like you knew this going in if you were going to sign KD. Um, I think that's exciting if you're a Nets fan. Like, I mean, not for this year, but they exist. Well, like, there's, is there a chance like um, the pro football doc on Twitter was, was, uh, Answering questions, I I'm pretty sure he said it. It's pretty much impossible for Durant to, to return next year. He could return maybe late playoffs. Well, I think, but I, think I don't think without Durant, Durant yeah, is it really worth it? Because no, you're probably no not getting to late playoffs without Durant. You're probably I think next year should be a, a good like building like building year. Like get Kyrie involved in the team. Like maybe Karis LeVert is gonna is gonna get better. And I think it should be a like that um with that kind of strategy. I don't really know how much DeAndre Jordan makes sense. On the Nets, yeah, I that think, was the weirdest sign. I, th I think Jared Allen is a better version of DeAndre Jordan this stage of his career. I think part of it was just trying to get like KD and Kyrie's buddy on his team from like USA teams and stuff like that. Like, yeah, the fact that DeAndre Jordan was on the USA basketball which team is crazy. Is yeah, the guy's a he, he's a product of uh of, of Chris Paul loves. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like and in terms of the Knicks, I don't think I I, I agree the Knicks had a. Before, out, before you get to the next, I just want to say the Nets like did as good of a job as you can as a like a front office in like getting a team together. Like no course, one, yeah. no one a month ago would have been like, yeah, KD and Kyrie are for sure heading to the Nets. Like it was, it was literally written in the stars up until KD got terrible injury. Knicks, 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 Knicks. It was happening. It was happening. Everyone's excited, but Zion, KD, Kyrie, like they yeah. ended up with none of them. So, and I think the Knicks like. They thought it was like predetermined. It was just gonna happen. They didn't go out. They didn't try to like impress these guys. Yeah. Like they and didn't. Something that um, Colin Cowherd actually talks about was how important it is to be top of the line from the top of the front office to the to the players. Mm -hmm. He always talks about why the why the Seahawks are such a good football team. It's because and have, even when they're not amazing roster wise, they're still an effective team and still productive. It's because they have the ownership, they have management, they have an effect, they have a coach, and they have a good leader, uh, player wise. And the net and the Knicks for the very top, their owner is pretty um, not arguably the worst owner maybe in professional sports. Probably they have no real management, and their their coaching is actually not bad. But they have no they have they haven't had leadership on their actual roster in years. Their best leader in the past years have been what maybe Carmelo Anthony. When Carmelo Anthony is their best leader, ex. that's pretty that's pretty sad, right? So I think that's that's an edge that the Nets had: the management, the ownership, the like the overall culture of the team I, that they portrayed, and that that's what attracted, I'm sure, Durant way over the Knicks. I have a question for you. Let's just say front offices are exactly identical. Like, do you think Kyrie and like they're like, oh right, this team, they're they they came in sixth in the East, so they're like. If we get on this team, like we can elevate this. Like, no. If you look at the Knicks, they don't. They don't. Like, I, don't that's think, what I'm I, I don't think the roster really had anything to do with Kyrie and Durant's decision. I I have to disagree. I I think, I think it has to do with no matter what. If you're bringing Kyrie and Durant to a team, whether that team had been the Knicks or the Nets, I think they probably would have been just as good. That team, whatever that team they go to is, I think it has to do with the culture, with the with the actual front office, but if with you, the overall the overall like atmosphere of the team. And I think. Even though Brooklyn's not the playing a mass in the mecca of basketball, mass in the Square Garden, 
they're playing in a much more beautiful arena, and and they're hey, it's in Brooklyn, but, uh, but I just think the overall ambience of the team in Brooklyn was more attractive to them, and and also by the way, the Knicks never offered Durant the max, so yeah, I think that's that's, so, that's that's revisionist history. They 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 knew they weren't getting him, and yeah, so they were not offering anyway. Like yeah, no, so, we don't want to give it to you. Anyway. Yeah, but overall, I think the Knicks weren't as bad as their offseason wasn't as bad as people thought. If you didn't get Kyrie and Durant, and they didn't get any big name for agents, yeah, Joe Randall is a is a is a, go, a good really good player. I know Ennis Kanter said like like kind of made fun of Julius Randle saying Zion's just Julius Randle with hops. Julius Randle with hops is an unbelievable player because Julius Randle's really good. Um, and they have a bunch of young players. The reason that they're probably going to win the summer league is because they have really good young players. They have Keen Allen who's uh, um, Kadeem Allen who's really good. They have Alonzo Trier who's really good. They have um they have R J Barrett who can be maybe if he realizes his potential one of the best players. They have Brozdikis, uh, uh, Canadians represent. And Mitchell Brozdikis. Robinson, very good. So, and Mitchell Robinson. So they have a lot of young pieces, and I think they can be a good team in the future. Obviously, they're not going to contend anytime soon. They are, still they need Russell, agent. are they a Russell Westbrook trade partner? Oh, like I hope not for their sake. <laughs> but yeah, so I, do, I think we should move on from the Knicks because we're supposed to be a little short on this podcast. And we'll just go on to uh, Tier 2 Western Conference teams. The Jazz Nuggets Blazers. Sure. I don't think we should call just, it we'll just two. Do, we'll just do like a quick minute or so on each. Yeah. You just take one of them and then I'll go. So I think, okay. So just as the Token Nuggets fan, I'm going to talk quickly about, I think, as I said before, continuity is so, so important in the NBA. They're one of the only teams, them and really the Clippers, that are pretty much, uh, not the Clippers, sorry, the Blazers, that are pretty much, pretty much bringing back the same rosters. And Houston. And Houston, but they have a bunch of different issues. So... I think the Nuggets really are only going to become. Maybe they won't win as many games this year because they just they they overperformed last year in many games. But I think they can still win the West um, in the regular season. I think Jokic is only be, going to become better. I think Jamal Murray is going to become a more efficient player. He's has been working on his ball handling. I think that will become better. And I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, everyone's talking about this injury he had in summer league, before, so he can't play in summer league. It doesn't really matter. It's a precautionary injury. He's looked great in camp. People are very impressed. He might not be like an, uh, a top player in the NBA, but he can be a number two option to Jokic in the future. And right. I think that should be their goal. You think? And I think they can. Uh, I think they, they can finish, win the West. Do they have home court advantage in the West this year? Yeah, they do because, of, like I said, the continuity and among issues with um, the how other teams are going to start the gate, like the Lakers sure. and the Clippers might not start the gate is hot. Okay. And I think, uh, yeah, I think they can win the West. And uh, I don't know if they will win the West at this point. I made my official mind of that. But I think they can win the Western Conference uh, regular season. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go on to everyone's uh, watch out for them team, Utah. Um, good good team. <laughs> like, they, they, got, they have good players. Yeah. But um, I think it's a little bit, like, overhyped. Like, this whole Utah can... Like, my... My call is good, but is he... Is he... He's he's good and he's obviously an update over like who is who is playing Rubio right and Rubio's in Phoenix now yeah so yeah he's um, upgrade over Rubio but yeah upgrade over Rubio because he's a better shooter um, and, and defender. then and defender yeah and then uh, so their starting lineup is gonna probably project Conley Mitchell Boyan Bogdanovich Ingles and Gobert yeah that's probably and uh, yeah I mean it's good it will probably be it will definitely be a playoff team in the West but I think there's there's an easy way for this team to not be home court advantage team in the playoffs like they're really they're really good but uh, I don't know like they, everyone's a little too high on them 
for, yeah. for me. And I don't know. Is, if Mike, Mike Conley's great. He's a really good player. But is he? Can he really bring him to the next level? And this I, team's I so so is, like there's so much over to yeah, him. Like, is Bogdanovich really that much of an upgrade to start small forward over Ingles? I don't know because now Ingles. I guess now you get Ingles off the bench or Bogdanovich off the bench. That's good, but. I don't know. I, I think they're going to be good. I think they could be a top 3-4 team in the West. I don't think they will be a top 3-4 team in the West because of the because they also they still have their limitations. They're, they Yeah, now they can stretch the floor a little more and they have more spacing. But the, I, I need to see Donovan Mitchell take that next step, the next step that second to third year jump for, them to, to, for me I to think, really buy into I them. think the biggest improvement for their team is Donovan Mitchell won't have to have like a thirty five percent usage rate. Like I don't yeah, even know. What, I don't know what he was at last year, but I'm assuming it was somewhere like in the thirties, like low high twenties. Like so, you got you got Bogdanovich who can I guess make a shot off the dribble. Like Conley can make a shot off the dribble. So you got you added two guys that can create their own shots and also take spot up shots. So it's it's an improved team, but I think of being a little bit. And their front court still can't create their own shots. Starting what Jeff Green and Rudy Gobert is not going to create your own shot. Yeah. But, uh, moving on to the Blazers. Um, I think the Blazers are a very interesting team. They're always the team people sleep on, and then they're like, oh, yeah, Blazers are still good because they have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Um, yeah, they're really good. I think I think they're pretty much the same team as they will be last year, but once again, the continuity factor will be important. And um, and I don't think anyone specifically on the team is going to become that much better. I think Zach Collins could become an important piece for them. Um, I think Zach Collins actually will will like, will like take next level if he gets the minutes. I think the Hassan Whiteside signing was kind of weird because I was really looking forward to that Zach Collins jump to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I think that will hinder that. Um, I think Hassan Whiteside will probably won't play the crunch time minutes, which he didn't even in Miami, so I don't think he will here. But I, I don't see the team being a top three team in the West. Again, I see them being – I see they, they could fight for home court advantage, but I think it will be difficult this year. I also year. think their roster construction is just a little strange. Like, you got – they're, they're bigs. They don't really have a power forward. Like they're gonna probably, so, they're gonna probably end up playing Collins and Nurkic together a lot when yeah. when the regular season. Which is actually like, I like that. But. It's nice, but it's just a weird, it's just a weird roster construction. And then you're obviously relying on Dame and CJ to make a, and then they got Kent Bazemore in that trade. Mm-hmm. So well, this yeah, little play this year. I don't know, maybe find the coach Josh wants to play him. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then they're also like apparently raving about Anthony Simons. But well, I watched Anthony Simons play. I want to say something quick. I I watched summer league yesterday, Houston versus Portland. Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr. were like the were like the poor man CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. They were unbelievable. They were so so impressive. Um, I think I, I think if Simons gets minutes, he can be that score off the bench they need. But uh, yeah, so I think that uh, wraps uh, up our Blazers talk. Just to, yeah, that's enough Blazers talk. Uh, just some a, a quick uh, little throw in. I think the Pacers are much improved this year. Um, I really like Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon yeah. like just as like be playing against him for six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that guy can shoot, he can make defend. A, he can defend really well. He's pretty switchable. Like I also just like Virginia guys, so that's that's how that goes. Uh, their starting lineups like pretty interesting. They're gonna go with Sabonis and Turner off the start, and then I think one of those guys is gonna get moved. Like I don't I don't see that ending up together. That's just a, like also another weird roster construction. Um, but yeah, there's still so much time for these teams to make moves and like. Yeah, the fringe, the the, the, the rosters that are presently constructed are not necessarily what we're going to see come October. I also love yeah. the Jeremy Lamb and T.J. Warren. Like they just got T.J. Warren for basically free, and then Jeremy Lamb, you know, for yeah. nothing. So, uh, a much improved team. Uh, and then beyond that, the last thing we can talk about quickly is just Russell Westbrook. Uh, where do you think he's going to end up? 
I don't know. There's the rumors about Miami. Somehow, there's also the, the rumors about Houston, which I really, really don't it's get. It's the like, same thing as Jimmy Butler. It's yeah, just like media manipulated rumors. Where, where do you really put Westbrook? Because Westbrook can't be the best player on a team that wins. Can even be the second best player because he demands the ball so much. I don't know. I don't even know. It's gonna be hard to move him. I really do. I think he might. He'll they're gonna. Up they're gonna Miami, have to. They're gonna have maybe. to do like seventy cents on the dollar for Westbrook, and they're gonna yeah. have to eat like some big contracts that yeah. suck. And the. Sam Presti, I trust him. I think he's a really, really good exec. I think he's going to make a good move for him. I think he's going to get the pieces they need to rebuild for the future. Because as presently constructed, this, the Thunder are not going to win anytime soon. But yeah. So anyways, that's uh pretty much wraps up episode two. Uh, once again, I will, you guys can uh, always email us at onestarrecruits at gmail.com or at our Twitter. Both of our, uh, all of our contact information is in the description. This should be up on Apple Pods and Spotify and other podcasts. Um, streaming uh, platforms within the next couple days. It's Monday, July 8th, and hopefully it'll be up by Tuesday. Thank you very much, and to listening to episode two. What do, baby?